0: Thank you so much for being here, and welcome to the Honest Uproar.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Isabel.
0: So you are a writer.
1: I am a content writer, but uh yes, an inspiring writer as well
0: uh-huh. and what kind of uh, what is this what kind of genre do you write about? like what is it that you um, like writing about
1: so i'm I'm mostly a freelance content writer, and it's been only a year for me in the u k and I've not been able to find anything of my liking. So it's safe to say that I'm a stay-at-home wife currently.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay,
1: that's <laughs> not bad. Yeah. yeah, that's not bad at all, I'm fine. <laughs> and where are um, you from
0: originally?
1: I'm originally from India. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we moved to the UK last year, like I said, yeah. And um, I've been married for nine years now. Um. So yeah. It's
0: uh, I've had a couple of Indian women in my podcast as guests Mm -hmm. before. And Mm -hmm. I really this is one country that I'm totally fascinated about. I've never been in (laughs) India, but I'm just like, I want to I want to definitely do that. Uh, I was Mm -hmm. actually planning on going to India last year, but of course, pandemic hit and everything happened. So um, Mm -hmm. I'm very interested to know more about, you know, your experience uh, Mm -hmm. as an Indian woman, because, I I understand that the culture is very traditional in many ways and you know being right. child-free and being Indian is just something mm-hmm. that it just fascinates me so I would really love to hear more about your personal story.
1: Right. Um so uh, like I said and you're right we we come from a very traditional community and culture in general. Um so it's it's safe to say that when I married my husband uh, so it um we we haven't we discussed, uh, you know, children or finances or anything like that. So it is a thing in India, uh, which is arranged marriages, if you know about that. Um, so So people don't discuss these things because, you know, having children is the next step for a marriage. And I'm not sure if it applies only to India, but it was definitely something that was expected out of us as well. Um, But in the nine years of marriage, uh, me and my husband came to the decision very smoothly. It wasn't something that we had decided uh, before, but it was a smooth transition and uh, it was very difficult to get both our parents on board um, because like I said, it was something that was expected out of us. And um, it's it's sort of very illogical to tell your parents uh, or community and friends in India that you don't want children. So it was not a smooth ride, definitely. And after, say, four years of uh, here and there, our parents are finally on board. And uh, they're okay with, you know, like, if you're happy, then we're happy.
0: Yeah, it's very interesting. So the whole thing about arranged mm-hmm. marriages, for me, it's completely, mm-hmm. it's a very foreign idea. I don't think right? that is something that is practiced. I mean, I am I'm, I'm, i think that maybe some cultures, uh, mm-hmm. some, I mean, Indigenous cultures practice that in South right. America, specifically. I think in Colombia as well. Okay. But it's like I said, it's a foreign concept for me. And I've watched, mm-hmm. I've watched uh, this reality show about this uh, match, Indian matchmaker. Oh my god,
1: that was such a bad show too.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what
1: to a window to India? Definitely no.
0: <laughs> I love that show because for you me, you did. I did. Well, I mean, I think it was because for me it's just such a like i said it's such a foreign concept it's something that i don't understand and finding out how the dynamic is you know between people getting to meet each other and being like matched mm-hmm. and and i i mean i don't know if maybe uh were you was your marriage arranged
1: no actually as was uh, what is called a love marriage in india it mm-hmm. is still a concept
0: <laughs> Okay
1: right
0: um because yeah and this is something that still happens as I understand Mm -hmm. yeah uh, so so basically your culture will Mm -hmm. expect women to Mm -hmm. get married
1: right up until a
0: center and age and that Mm -hmm. that's also reason to have arranged marriages because it's like you already have a husband for your for your daughter Mm -hmm. and then of course children being the next step so how was it to navigate? that pressure in India
1: um it, it wasn't easy uh, frankly and it's not just your parents that you have to convince it's the community around you it's your friends and another thing um in my community my culture is that there is no concept of privacy so uh, you know I would meet random relatives or friends and the first question generally people end up asking is oh where are your kids or do you have kids or so it's 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 sort of a conversation starter I guess uh, but I really didn't appreciate that uh, as a person and not because I had decided to be child free but because I'd have to come up with reasons to uh, you know uh, uh, decide my stand or tell them why I'm doing this but because if you if you just say like no I don't think that I want children. Uh, they wouldn't stop at that. It's you would need reasons to tell them when it should be fine, right? Like I don't want to get married. I don't want to have children. I don't myself. I don't see myself there. But uh, it was very difficult to navigate that because we would end up in those conversations, like me and I'm and my husband, and uh, there were there were things that people just assumed. For example, people assumed like they probably assume everywhere that men are never ready for children. So. Um, you know, is, is your husband not ready? Is that a problem? Or why don't you feel this way? Like, why are you waiting out? And uh, again, the the new thing is that your biological clock is ticking. So why haven't you decided what you want, you know? So to um, so me and my husband, we took it one step at a time. And we thought that, first of all, thankfully, that I and him were on the same page. So it was mostly us against the world, unfortunately. And the next step was that we had to convince both set of parents because we didn't care about anybody else. Um, it was our life. And we really wanted our parents to be comfortable with that decision. And we knew that it wasn't an easy journey even there. But uh, yeah, eventually they did get on board.
0: Well, thankfully that happened. Yeah. Um, <laughs> now, can we explore a little bit more of the concept of mm-hmm. men not being ready for children? Like, what is that something that you've... Like experience in your culture that people would say, oh, man, men, they're never married. So basically women have to like force them into yeah. having
1: a child. Yeah, I would say that's the case to uh, quite an extent. Uh, it's just expected out of a woman to have that instinct. And I'm pretty sure that's a global uh, feeling, right? Like people expect women to have motherly instincts, but it's OK to for the father to get on board later. Um, and that's really something that people assume. And unfortunately, even in modern day India, I've seen a lot of fathers not taking part um, in, in you know, uh, bringing up the child. Like it's, it's mostly still a woman's job, even though a woman is working, uh, certain things are just expected out of her. So it's fairly a new concept that fathers getting involved into childcare firstly, um and uh and yeah uh, men not being on board is always something that they assume it's it's never that women uh, will not be on board
0: that's very uh interesting because yeah because you know in in many uh western cultures what I have heard is that people assume mm-hmm. that men are, are want children like every every man wants children right just as people assume that every woman wants children. So it's a completely different take on that.
1: Right. No, and um, the, the interesting part that I found, Isabel, is um, that even though men don't take part uh, necessarily uh, in childcare in my country, they somehow are the first ones to bring that conversation up if it's too late. Like, you know, for a man to say that it's time that I become a father. And uh, it, it's, that is what my finding is. I might be totally wrong. But it's definitely in two, three cases that I've seen from near and dear ones is that the man wants the child first. And that's a totally different ballgame that they don't care, take care of the child, you know, or contribute 50 percent to child care. But yeah, so these are two ironical things, I might say. But yeah, it's definitely assumed that men, it's fine that men are not on board because um, I'm not sure if you're aware that men don't take part in the, the household culture that we have as well so it's very common in India uh, for you know the man not to take part in everyday household chores for example so which is also probably why it sets up to that that it's okay for the man not to be on board but it's okay that you have a child and he'll come on board which did not sit well with me at all
0: yeah that's very strange Uh... (laughs) yeah i mean strange as in for me like i mm-hmm. said it's completely uh, different from what i've experienced but i think right. it's very interesting you know how m- you just mentioned that men are the ones the first ones to ask why why haven't you had mm-hmm. children yet and they're the least invested in time or energy in their children right um and is this something because you know what it sounds like is mm-hmm. that if a woman doesn't have children then she's considered to be less than in that culture how do you um, how does how does that how do you feel that women who decide not to have children or who can't have children are viewed hmm. in in, in the Indian culture
1: um so in my circle I'm probably the first one to have decided that so I have no example that came in front of me Uh, where a woman has decided by herself not to have children or how she navigated through that, you know, Um, apart, I'm not sure if it is more of a less than thing, but uh, I will definitely say that people have, you know, um, metaphorically told me that if I don't have a child, I will not be a complete woman and that kind of says says everything, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, and I'm not sure if, because in my culture women are expected to do a lot of things, uh, this this comes ahead as less than because although we could be conquering the world, we still uh, you know have to come back home and take care of the everyday life. So yeah, I don't know if that happens that I'm considered less than, but yes, I've been told that A I'm a normal. <laughs> Some people have said that wow. and yeah and b that i might not be a complete woman if i don't become a mother so yeah
0: wow <laughs> i have i have heard that before i mean not I, have, mm-hmm. I haven't been on the end of that comment of that i would i'm not a complete woman because i don't want to have children mm-hmm. but i have heard people say they have been told so well that specifically or something very similar to that and i always feel why mm-hmm. is it that womanhood is so uh, I mean people think that womanhood is the same thing as motherhood
1: right right and I'm not sure if you got the answers but I still haven't and uh, it's only like about two years ago that people actually stopped questioning us because that is so like two years ago we were six years into our marriage and people were like okay now they're serious you know like it's been six years and they they don't have a child and it doesn't seem like they were they're going to so people only took us seriously because it was so long in the marriage.
0: And have you ever felt any pressure from your peers? Like I imagine you have friends who are mm-hmm. married and who are parents already. Have you felt any pressure whenever you um, or yeah, whenever you hear that they have a baby or whenever you meet with them? How does that how has it been with your peers?
1: Right, um, so I did feel the pressure from my friends. Uh, thankfully, they were really supportive. Uh, but like I said, uh, it, it was difficult to navigate, especially when, uh, yes, your f- friends and your cousins are having children. Uh, so up, up until two years ago, it, I would really be scared to you know, call home or, or meet with relatives, especially when they've had children. And I would be like, okay, I have to get, get into this conversation now. And when that should not be the focus of the, the meeting, but then, um, you know, I said, well, at one point I, I felt liberated because I had taken this decision and I felt powerful and I still do because I said no to something that is so typical everywhere, like not just in my culture. So it kind of gave me that power. And then I started looking forward to when people would ask me questions because, because I had logical reasons not to have children, but people don't have logical reasons to have children. so it would just, they would just see a different perspective. And I I really started looking forward to that.
0: Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. I agree with you. People have logical reasons <laughs> not to have them, but very, I mean, I have never heard, well, f- what is logical for me, for people wanting to have children. I think right. it's always about the parent. It's very mm-hmm. seldomly about the kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, living in the world that we live in right now, I I would think that more people would be like, oh, maybe I shouldn't bring another human being to this shithole. Right? Yeah. And I don't want to sound like, you know, fatalist or anything. (laughs) Like, I love this world. I love, you know, exploring it and whatnot. But at the same time, uh, there's just so many things that you have to deal with as a human being, especially as a woman, Absolutely. especially living in a in a country or coming from a culture that is mm-hmm. maybe like like yours, like the Indian culture or mine, right. which is like you know Latin American culture, which is so traditional, and that uh, right. there's a lot of expectations that kind of like fall on your shoulders just because you were born with a a womb.
1: Exactly, exactly. I mean, I I totally get you there because when uh we decide so. When we got married, I genuinely wanted to get married to this person because I fell in love with him and I and I really adore him as a person. And thankfully, when we came to this decision together, we didn't have to fight about it. We didn't, we didn't even have like a, you know, sit down conversation where, where we were like, oh, you don't want, it, you want children. It was just, I don't know, it was just smooth transition. And it was very difficult and it still is very difficult when cultures like ours... Uh, say no to these things, right? I mean, one of the things that I'm grateful about is that me and my husband are on the same page, and the other thing is that again we started questioning societal norms that have just been going on in a cycle and not necessarily in a good cycle. It could be toxic for some people, right? I mean, like I've seen generations of people. I see, I see my generation, and not necessarily all parents know what they're doing and i just couldn't and i just cannot see myself like that like i feel as if i need to work on myself constantly as a human being and like you said like apart from that fact bringing a child into this world raising that child with what i think is right i mean i don't know i just it's just too much for me to to put my opinions on someone that you're raising and the world is not necessarily a safe place. Um, climate change is real, how much ever people deny it. And I, I don't know, it's also about, yeah, it's definitely something that I wouldn't want to bring a person into. I just don't feel that we're kind anymore.
0: You're listening to The Honest Upwork, a podcast where modern, child-free women share their life stories, and where we discuss important topics for the kid-free community. I'm curious to know more about how you and your husband got into that, dis- like to that decision together, mm-hmm. because uh, I feel like the dynamic of communication regarding mm-hmm. children normally happens before there is a marriage. Uh, mm-hmm. And more, most of the people who I know are child-free, um, mm-hmm if they're ha- they're not married if they're still single or you know they're dating or whatever they tell their potential partners very very soon into you know after they meet them because it's such an negotiable. Okay. um so how how was that for you because uh because this is something that you discussed with your husband after you got married yeah what had ha- yeah. what would have happened if he had said to you i really want to have babies
1: Oh my god, I can't can't even imagine if, and this is a discussion that we keep having over and over again, that what if one of us was not, uh, you know, on the same page, I I have no idea what or where that would have gone, I cannot imagine the amount of arguments and the fights that we would have had, but in that matter, me and him, we both are very grateful that we uh, have each other, and we're on the same page, and that we understood each other's opinion, and uh, like I told you initially, it it's not something that we discussed before marriage. So we dated for a really short while; it was just a year. We definitely didn't discuss children. We definitely de- didn't discuss any other thing. Um, but when we started living together, um, we started to realize I don't know. So my husband isn't someone who's really good with children in general, uh, and I am. But there was not a sit down discussion, believe it or not. Uh, when we decided, okay, this is it, you know, we need to discuss this. Uh, but we eventually came to it because I, I realized, and we started questioning whether we want to, uh, you know, be parents in the first place. Like in our individual um, lives, we started uh, having that question, and I guess just one day it was just like, I don't see myself as a parent, and he did the same. So I have no idea how both of us got that lucky. <laughs> genuinely.
0: Yes, that would be, I mean, I would have had the doubt, you know, I would have been like, hmm, what would have happened if, because, yeah. you know, it's just, so it's such an important thing to it be is, on the same but,
1: page about, right? Yeah, and I've seen um, a couple of other people who are not on the same page, and it's not a good ride, you know, that just makes me appreciate my husband more. And, uh, like I said, this is something we don't discuss. So, even after we got married, we would advise people, uh, especially who are going for arranged marriages, to ask questions like these, you know, uh, to have questions about religion, about children, about finances, about jobs. But we never end up discussing these things. It is just something that is expected out of a marriage.
0: Yeah, I can. Yeah, of course. I mean, those sort are of things yeah. you need to talk about <laughs> with your partner before you decide to spend the rest of your life with them.
1: Yeah, right. I mean, it's, um, it's it, it was difficult, for example, to tell both sets of parents that uh, we would choose each other over and over again as husband and wife. What matters is that we love each other. And what matters is that we don't think we need a child to complete us, right? Like we both are a family. And we both love each other to bits. And we see each other this way. So, we had to convince them uh, and give them this perspective that we really love each other and we don't feel like we need a child in this marriage.
0: And what are the perks or the benefits that you have found with your husband um, of not having children?
1: Uh, There are quite a lot. Uh, So (laughs) I would say that first of all both of us enjoy our separate lives we necessarily we don't necessarily have common interests but when we do we indulge in it uh, very well Uh, we have our separate lives and I really appreciate that we're able to do whatever we want at any point of day or time right like if he has to go somewhere he just can or if I have to go for a walk I can just do that we can have uh, I don't know food at 10 p.m in the night I don't have to (laughs) worry about getting up early and you know, feed children, for example, like it's okay if I'm getting up at eight on a weekday. And uh, basically I have the freedom to do anything. I guess that has to top everything else, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And what are the kind of things that you two like to do together, you and your husband?
1: Uh So he's he's a bit of a uh, geek and I really appreciate that. And, but we enjoy a long walks in the UK summer, like It has been one of the things uh, that has been new for me uh, since we moved here last year. But, uh, and also the the last year that we were stuck together as a, in a a pandemic, I have really appreciated being stuck with this person. You know, I could not have imagined it with anybody else. I definitely could not have imagined it with a child. Uh, So although we haven't been able to go out a lot, um, I just enjoy his company. So we keep doing our own things and cooking food together and, you know, watching basically Netflix and chilling.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Netflix and chill.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love that. And what are your plans now that you are uh, living in the UK? What do you want to do there?
1: Wow. Um, So one of the things I think this pandemic has taught us is that uncertainty is the only certainty. Um, So we really haven't planned anything yet but um, believe it or not I think every day that we wake up especially with the situation that's uh, gone bad back home um, we're just grateful that we get to get up with each other and that we enjoy each other's company I think yeah.
0: Yeah we well, were having this conversation right before we started recording mm-hmm. about how terrible the COVID situation is in India Right. Uh, and I'm I'm really sorry to hear that you know it's gotten mm-hmm. so much out of control and the government is really not you know taking the steps right. to be able to stop and prevent it from from you know going uh, yeah. to the to the length that it's going
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. also one of the things that uh, the pro- pandemic has made me appreciate is not having a child because then i would have worried myself to death over how children are supposed to go out in this pandemic right i, I just cannot take that much of anxiety uh for a child now so definitely a a perk in the pandemic
0: (laughs) yeah I feel the Mm -hmm. same way uh and but for me it's more like yes taking care of the child like maybe in Colombia it's been a lot easier to manage the the virus it's like uh, you know for me I haven't Mm -hmm. caught it and uh, I'm we're very close to getting vaccinated but I think um for me it was more like being stuck at home with a kid
1: for mm-hmm, a exactly year. <laughs> yeah for a year that was
0: what I was like oh my god her parents doing this I have no idea because at least I, mean, I know, right? if the child goes to you know childcare or, or if it goes to school yeah or, but no now they have to have them at home 24 7 and I don't know how they're coping with that because that sounds exhausting right. Yeah. That is
1: something that I'm noticing here. Like I see, so schools have opened up here in the UK and parents, you know, go and drop their kids off and pick up their kids. And I'm like, what do you do when they get home? Like, do you sanitize them? Do you, <laughs> do you like, make them take a bath? Like, what are you doing? What are you making sure to ensure that they are safe and you are safe? Like, it's, it's just too much anxiety just looking at them and I'm like, no, nope, I'm safe at home. <laughs> yeah. I am not stepping out.
0: <laughs> yeah, and also, you know, the fact that kids are, like, the largest carriers of the virus. And- right. Because they're they, you know, it's rare that kids show symptoms, so they're yeah. just like polluting everyone with the virus. It's just a little bit scary, to be honest. I don't.
1: I know. Uh, and
0: uh, I'm just glad I don't have children.
1: Absolutely, I'm I'm with you there. So <laughs> definitely.
0: <laughs> yeah. So mm-hmm. India is, um, yeah, India's going through a really hard time regarding COVID right now. Unfortunately. Right. Mm -hmm. um well thankfully you're in the UK
1: yes and Uh,
0: mm -hmm. no like I was gonna say uh and uncertainty is uncertainty is the only certainty for you right now which is very exciting yes it opens up so many possibilities
1: it definitely does I mean I think one of the best parts of the day is that we don't plan it um also because of the UK weather thanks (laughs) so the infamous UK weather but oh yeah yeah Okay, so that is something we basically get yeah, when I we don't know what to do throughout the day apart from work right and it's I, I don't know it's it's weirdly exciting it's like okay is, is the sun coming out today are you going out for a walk like maybe <laughs> maybe not <laughs> but uh, yeah it's it's been weird and, and good at the same time I couldn't have imagined it with a child at all I just couldn't have and uh, one of the things was so so we moved to the UK within a span of 20 days and uh, for the kind of life that we were living we were able to do like pack our stuff sell stuff and just get our clothes and move within 15 or 20 days which I really amongst many other things I really don't think I would have been able to do with a child
0: yeah I think it would be harder you know I was thinking about it the other day because I think uh, I remember you know one of my biggest passions is to travel and I travel Mm -hmm. a lot normally and people are like I'm like I can travel freely whenever I want I don't have children and people are like wait but if you have children you can still travel and I I always say (laughs) it's true no it is true you you can Mm -hmm. but logistics are harder it's more expensive Uh, yeah. and if it's traveling as often as i do then children are not going to have any children need to have some sort of um t- you know stability, stability. Or rest. yeah and so if you travel if i travel with children as as, as much as i do then these kids mm-hmm. are not going to be like you know and anyway yeah I think, I think yes you can travel with children of course but it's mm-hmm. just a lot harder
1: it is and i i don't see myself I don't see if I would have been able to handle that because really as adults, it's pretty easy easy for me if I'm going on a solo trip to just, you know, grab my stuff and go. If I'm going with my husband, then he's responsible for his stuff. But um, like you said, yeah, I see basically everything is possible even if you have a child. I'm not saying it's not. But one of the important things for me is that I don't see myself doing that and it should it should just end there like I shouldn't have to explain myself as to why
0: oh you know yeah I absolutely understand
1: mm-hmm.
0: absolutely um there's something about your bio that caught my attention and it says mm-hmm. that you're an how do you pronounce it Urdu, Urdu lover Urdu? yes I'm
1: an Urdu lover yes
0: or Urdu are my,
1: I want to know what that is like Urdu is a language right Urdu is a language. Uh, yes. So um, so so Hindi and Urdu is uh, something that we speak in India amongst many, many other languages. Um, but I've always been fascinated with Urdu. So I grew up with a lot of, um, you know, music in the house and they generally used, uh, the songs used Hindustani or Hindi or Hin- uh, Urdu languages. And I've always appreciated the language because of, uh, so if you hear the language and if you understand it, it's a very graceful language to me, uh, so, I, so I did that, and I started learning Urdu, I have a diploma in Urdu, uh, I started learning that in about 2019, and uh, last year I got my diploma, so yeah, that is something I really love, and uh, I, I write in Urdu, I can read Urdu, so it just uh, opens up my horizons to read more literature as well.
0: That's very interesting, I know that mm-hmm. India is such a big country, and there's just so mm-hmm. many people and it's so multicultural within India, just right. as I think every other single country in the world there's just so many like okay. cultures within really okay. the country and like languages but i i for me, it's just like I love languages
1: I do but, too, <laughs> but any language
0: <laughs> that is not written in like Latin alphabet for me it's mm-hmm. just like I don't know how like. Asian languages or um, other languages that are not like, for example, yeah, South
1: Asian in general, I guess, right?
0: Yeah, or or like mm-hmm. you know, Korean, Japanese, and then yeah. Indian, and and even the ones that are written Cyrillic. I'm like, mm-hmm. how do you read this? Like, I don't recognize the <laughs> letters. I don't know how this sounds. It must be really hard to learn languages like
1: this. It was, and what was interesting was uh, that it. So you write Urdu from right to left. Uh, it was something new to pick up at the age of 30, and I really enjoyed doing that. Like, I I don't know, I took to it, uh, like, you know, a duck to a water. I started, and I was so enthusiastic about learning the language that I put really uh, so much effort. And it also gave gave my brain that new thing to do, you know, like, okay, writing from the right to left and reading from the right to left is like something absolutely new. But I enjoyed the process, and I still do
0: that must make your brain kind of like connects, the neurons must connect in like yeah. a different way, right? Because like, I have heard that when you do something that is challenging for your brain, whether mm-hmm. it's learning a new language, whether it's, you know, exploring something different, but especially things like that, like having to change the way, because normally we write from left to right. Left to
1: brain,
0: yeah. Writing from right to left, kind of like the connections of your brain, like mm-hmm. get... They they get like I don't know the neurons connect differently something like it's really good for you is what I've heard.
1: Yeah, exactly. So apart from the love for the language, I was really happy that I was putting myself to a challenge like that because it would just make my brain sharper. Like so, you know, also because I don't have children, I have all these new plans of when I'm when I grow old, what would I do? And I need my brain to be sharp when I grow old. So (laughs) one of the things was learning will do so that I could keep my brain sharp and you know I could recognize writing from right to left it it, it's challenging and it's interesting definitely
0: wow yeah (laughs) well uh that is something that I definitely need to explore a little bit more about you know Mm just because I you know just for interest I don't think I'm gonna learn I'm 38 mm-hmm. I don't think I'm gonna learn a new language with a whole different <laughs> way Will of you writing surprise
1: yourself maybe it, it'll come easily you know we never we never think of ourselves as something like that but it might be easy I'm just saying <laughs> I don't know
0: you know I tried learning Mandarin that was hard mm-hmm. that didn't work out for me uh, okay. and I speak three languages and when I was learning nice. Uh, when I I, Mm -hmm. I'm fluent in Spanish, English, and French. And when I learned Mm -hmm. when after I finished French, I was trying to learn Italian and my teacher kept telling me, You're talking to me in French. I was like, (laughs) because the languages are just so similar. And same thing happened to me with Portuguese. And I started learning Portuguese, and the teacher was like, You're speaking to me in French and I was like okay you know what I'm just gonna I'm just gonna keep it at three I think that's more than enough
1: (laughs) oh my god I totally get you like I want my hands to be in like 10 languages apart from the regional and regional languages that we have in India I've been I've been looking at French and German and whatnot and I'm like okay one one step at a time (laughs)
0: yeah (laughs) well maybe it isn't too late maybe I should just go and live in India for a couple of years and learn Hindi or Urdu or something I'll be
1: fine I can help you with that so definitely (laughs) you should do that (laughs) (laughs)
0: oh wow well it's been such a pleasure to have you in my podcast uh thank Thank you you so so much much for coming it's so interesting to have people Mm -hmm. from different cultures and different backgrounds and I loved I loved having you here today before I let you go um is there anything else that you would like to your you would like to add to your interview anything anything at all
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, first of all I'd like to thank you uh, Isabel for having me in the podcast and I really wanted to do this firstly also because i'm a south asian and it's still um, uh, you know a taboo to go against the cultural norms that we have so i really wanted to do that uh and apart from that there's only one thing that i would like to say to everybody uh regardless of their gender that whatever it is in your life whatever decisions you're taking in your life you always have to prioritize yourself like you Cannot think about others first, especially if they're life changing decisions like getting married or having children. You have to prioritize yourself first and then uh, go your own way. Yeah, the path will come.
0: Absolutely.
1: Mm-hmm. Well,
0: thanks again for coming. It's been a real pleasure to have you.
1: Thank you, um, Isabel.
0: And to my firecrackers, if there is a link that Nirupama would like to share with you, uh Mm -hmm. maybe your medium uh link or
1: yes i will i would do that Mm -hmm. awesome
0: i will leave it in the description of this uh podcast so you can see in the description of this episode sorry Mm
1: -hmm. so you can
0: just click and go and follow nirukama and thanks again for being here
1: thank you so much thank you
0: thank you for listening to the honest uproar a podcast where modern child-free women share their life stories and where we discuss important topics for the Cape Fear community. We hope you tune in next week for our newest episode. And since we love hanging out with you, please be sure to follow us on social media at The Honest Uproar and visit our website at thehonestuproar.com. If you like what you heard, feel free to share with your fierce, child-free firecracker friends. Until next time, continue fueling your inner fire.